sometimes feel like you're floundering in your business or personal life, that you don't quite know where you're going. Trust your heart. Trust the spirit. Live a spirit-led life. Create a spirit-led business. That's the title of a practical guide by Marnie Pearson Coons, a Christian mom of six, based on her 30 years of in-home experience. These podcasts from Marnie will give you insight into trusting your heart, trusting the spirit to give you direction not only in your business, but in your entire life. Check out Marnie's Spirit-Led Life podcast, book, and free masterclass at TrustYourHeartSeries.com. Hi, welcome back to the Spirit-Led Life podcast. I'd like to talk with you today about fear and the role that it can play in messing up our ability to make good choices and to hear and identify and follow the Spirit of God. Fear is something right out of the gate, is a telltale sign that the Spirit is not in what is being conveyed in your mind. A lot of us think that that voice in our head is us, that that's really, truly us. And that voice really is not us. It's um, conditioning, it's programming from the past, it's our way of trying to navigate life. In a way, it's the natural man. If the spirit, you know, as the scriptures talk about the natural man, the natural man is that voice in your head. Especially if that voice is criticizing you or saying nobody wants to hear what you have to say or nobody likes you or poor me or it's concocting stories about other people or it's gone to judgment about you or someone else or it's critical of you or someone else. That narrative voice is not the truth. Okay, it could be coming from the adversary. It could be coming from just old tapes of previous relationships and circumstances of your life. So anytime you're hearing something negative in your head, you can guarantee that it is not the Spirit of God. Timothy tells us that for the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. So no fear. That didn't come from God. Now, Sure, you're going to have an adrenaline rush and some fear if you're being chased by a lion or a wild dog or whatever. Okay, that serves your purpose. That serves to keep you safe. So, okay, that's different. But what I'm talking about is all the fear that we feel nowadays. A lot of people fear because of what's going on in the world, what's happening around us. It's really ramped up since 2020. Just a massive spirit of fear has blanketed the planet. And it's really easy to get into that fear-mongering state because we're surrounded by fearful people, fearful narratives, 24-7. All you have to do is turn on the TV or the social media or just your phone. It's in your face constantly. So one of the biggest ways to combat the fear is to turn off the world. There's that story in the New Testament where the disciples are out on the water and they see something coming at them in the middle of the night. It's late. They're out on the, the water and they see a figure coming to them And they think it is a ghost, and they're scared. And they call out asking, who is it? And Jesus says, fear not, it is I. And he comes walking on the water. And they're amazed that he can walk on the water. There's 
waves and tempests going, and he's walking. And Peter asks if he can come out on the water, and Jesus tells him to come on. Peter gets out of the boat. He walks a few steps, and then he gets distracted by the wind and the waves, and he takes his eye off the master. And as he takes his eye off the master, he begins to sink. That is what our lives are like. As long as we keep our eyes on the master, we're going to be okay. If we start looking around us at the wind and the waves, we're going to start sinking. And the wind and the waves for you and me today is all that noise that we hear on the news cycle that's 24-7 and all of that social media nonsense. It's just opinions, just a tumult of opinions all around us. And the only way to hear truth and to know what really is is not by making an appeal to one more social media post, but to make an appeal to God. James told us, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 1, 5-8 When we're double-minded, we're unstable in all of our ways. That's what James said. This double-mindedness is like when you decide you're going to do something and then you start doubting yourself. You start listening to that voice in your head that says, oh, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, or, oh, don't do that, it'll rock the boat. What if you make a mistake? What if you fail? What if you look stupid? All those other nonsense things. When you start to listen to all that stuff, it's makes you unstable. It makes you where you cannot hear the Spirit. The Spirit is not found in all of that ruckus. It's found in the still, small voice of the Spirit. So the best thing you can do is quiet the noise. And I'm just going to give you some ideas for how to do that. First, shut off the media as much as you can. Immerse yourself in good books. And scriptures or good authors or talks, uplifting podcasts, whatever. Go to uplifting material, faith-promoting, uplifting, hopeful material. Turn to the light. The light will chase away the darkness. You know, every time there's a dark room, even so much as a pinpoint of light chases away the darkness. So if you want to get rid of the overwhelming nonsense and the fear pour in some light. So that means letting go of possibly some of your entertainment, some of the ways you spend your time. And as you do that, as you start to immerse yourself in good things, you're going to start noticing that boiling pot of fears just start simmering down, getting lower and lower. Uh, Prayer, obviously, is another good way. And sometimes prayer can be invaded by fear because we get really frantic and we start panic praying. Oh, if you'll just do this, I need this. Why won't you help me with this? You know, we, we go to that begging and pleading. So when you pray, try to avoid that begging, pleading, and go to gratitude. Let's say you're worried about your child, for example. Something's going on with your child. Rather than begging, pleading, help me with my child. Instead, take that child to God in your mind. Take him to the Father. Take him to 
Christ in your mind and say, this is your child. I know you love my child. I know you created my child and you created me to be his parent. I give him to you and I trust him to your keeping and I trust that you'll work everything together for his good. That even the mistakes and the silly things that he chooses to do will work together for his good and I put him in your care and keeping. It's like Hannah of old with Samuel. She took him to the temple and dedicated him to the Lord. We can do that with our problems. We can dedicate them to the Lord, give them to God, and visualize him taking them. And that does a couple of things. One thing, it sets you in a position of trust in God. You're trusting him to take it. You're letting go of your need to control the way that looks, the way that outcome plays out. And it also takes some pressure off of that child because there are no secrets in this spiritual realm of things. People pick up on our anxiety. They pick up on our wigged out vibes. They pick out on this fear. And that fear and anxiety then puts a a drain on the person that we're fearful and anxious about. And so that changes the way they act and the way they respond to us and things. So by giving them to God, it simmers all that down. It just takes it down a notch, goes down to a a peaceful place between you and that other person. Because you're not in there meddling in between. You've given that to God. And you're trusting that he's going to work with this individual. So that's another thing that giving your problems or the people in your life to God will do is it it gets rid of that needy energy that you don't want to have and puts you in a place of trust. Another thing that can happen with this and I've had this happen with my children when I've given them to God like that I've often felt a peace that it's going to be all right and that peace carries me And I put my faith in that peace, and then I go to this hopeful, grateful expectation that, thank you that you've told me this is going to be okay. I'm just going to sit back and document this. And then if I feel inspired to act in some way, then I act. But I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off or a hamster on a wheel just trying to do more and more and more things that are really just going to get in the way of what the Lord's trying to do. So when I step back, give it to Him, go into grateful observation, and even document what is happening and how the Lord has worked this out, then I'm not getting in the middle of it. I'm not messing it up. I can also more clearly hear what I do need to do. If the Lord needs me to take action, I'm going to be able to hear that with that still, quiet mindset, where if I'm in a frantic state, I'm not going to hear it, or I'm going to get it mixed up between my mind and what God's saying. Another way to connect up to the Spirit and to quiet the fear is to memorize some good verses that allay your fears. For example, that one that I just told you, 2 Timothy. For example, that one I just gave you, 2 Timothy 1.7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's a really good mantra. That's one of the ones I've memorized and I repeat it anytime I'm feeling anxious or fearful about anything. That's one I repeat. Another great one is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. 
neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Open your Bible up and find some verses that work for you. Memorize them and then pull them out anytime you're in an anxious, fearful state. I've used this a lot in my own life. We have uh, six acres of property here. My neighbor has planted some corn on our property and the, the big cornfield can be very thick and normally when I go through that cornfield I follow my husband and I did follow him this one day. We were going to the creek. I followed him through the cornfield and then I needed to go back earlier than he did so I sat back and he told me okay just turn at this one log and you'll be all right. Well I turned at that log and I went into the cornfield but I didn't see the opening of the path at all. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll just head this direction. I knew which direction to go based on the trajectory of the corn rows. I knew where to go, but it got thicker and thicker. And it was not easy to get through this corn. And I was getting cornstalk whiplash on my face and my neck, and my eyes were getting all clogged up from the probably the pollen or the corn husks or whatever. And the more I went into this mesh of corn, I got a little panicky. I started thinking, well, if I encounter a snake out here, I can't even tell my husband where I am. And that thought, I thought, oh, that's not a good thought. We're not going to have that thought. We're not going to entertain that one. And so I pulled out my Joshua 1.9. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So I started repeating that out loud. I'm just loud and strong. I am saying that verse over and over and over again. I said it maybe four times and I came to an opening where I knew I could get my bearing. Okay, now where I am now so I could at least give my husband a vicinity. And But there was still no clear way because I was completely off path by now. I was totally in a place <laughs> that I shouldn't have been. But I set off. I knew which direction to go. Went in that direction and it, it got thick again and I was starting to get hot and a little panicky and you know, I'll admit I'm postmenopausal, so if I start having a hot flash, I start to get a little panicky. And it was a hot day in this cornfield, and I started to get a little wigged out again. So here I am. I'm repeating my Joshua 1 9 over and over again out loud. About the third time through it, there was the opening. I knew where I was, and I was able to walk on home. But that's the power, and this is a very simple example of the use of that verse, but it quieted the fears. As I did it, I, the fear just went away as I repeated that verse, and I was able to quickly think more clearly about where to go, how to navigate where I was going, and it silenced all that panicky stuff that gets in the way of being able to hear clearly what the Spirit is trying to tell you. So those are a few ways that you can start to hear the Spirit more clearly in your life. And I hope you find that helpful. Pick one of these ideas this week and use one of them in your life to try to simmer things down. Either turn off the noise that's going on or memorize some verses or spend more time in good books and scriptures. Pour in the light and that fear will start to simmer down. Now I hope you'll join me for some of my future podcasts. I'm going to be talking about things like conquering the mind clutter that you've got going on, which is similar to what we're talking about here. Going to be talking about telling the difference between what the spirit and our logical minds and kind of that dilemma that goes on between the two. Learning what the spirit sounds like to you. 
because the way the Spirit speaks to you could be different than the way it speaks to me, but just some of the common ways that the Spirit speaks to you. Those are some things that are going to be coming up in future episodes, and I hope you'll join me. You take care. God bless. Check out Marnie's Spirit-Led Life podcast, book, and free masterclass at TrustYourHeartSeries.com.